Welcome to Cashville, y'all. This is No Ties 1879, a podcast where we, two Fijian folks, talk about our experiences growing up in a white Canadian suburb and raise awareness about Gitmit, the British indentured labor system. My name is Angeline. And my name is Ash. And before we begin, I would like to acknowledge the traditional territory of the Tuasin and Musqueam First Nations and all of the Hun Kuminam speaking people who have been stewards of this land since time immemorial. I would also like to offer my respect to all the elders who have gone before us today, or before us, and to the elders and First Nations people who are with us today. I'd also like to thank you for uh, not, um, hmm, what should I say this time? I'll just stick to not chasing us off your land as you're totally entitled to do so. Yeah, I think like... With force. I feel like that's like... I shall take it from you by force. The least harm that like could happen is that like oh like they're they're taking their shit back okay <laughs> cool like here you go i won't say no <laughs> <laughs> yeah. can't really i don't know can't really how's the week uh, i don't know it's been pretty all right for me nothing too crazy it's really nothing cold outside not crazy yeah it's really cold this morning there was ice all over the loner car so there is, it's that, it's that time now. Yeah, There's it's that, that time now. of year. It's that yeah. time of year for me to drive all the way to work for my heat to like just barely get warm. Ouch. That's yeah. brutal. That sucks. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty stoked. I don't have to be a welder in this bullshit right now. Yeah. yeah. No kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Yeah. We had a team at work last week putting up lights outside on Monday and Tuesday, like in the pouring rain. Oh yeah. That and must just, be lovely. I just felt really bad. Mm-hmm. That sounds terrible. I mean like nothing I could do about <laughs> it. It just felt really bad. You yeah. Know? That sounds horrible. I'm glad I don't have that job. Yeah. They were soaked. Mm-hmm. So we got a little package in the mail this week and my high school friend who passed away, Jordan, his older sister started making essential oils and cool soaps. Yeah, and they smell so good. Yeah, and also embroidered necklaces as well. They're hard to explain. You got to just go check them out on the Instagram, but they look really cool and it yeah. feels quality. And also I forgot to mention uh, th- these necklaces that she embroidered for us have birds on them, which are highly detailed, by the way. Yeah, totally. Like this thing is tiny and this bird is clearly... A bird, but uh, they have names. Uh, they're on my Instagram account. I'll 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 look them up after. But uh, they have like they the have, birds have the names? birds have names. Hold on, actually, let me see if I can find them. But uh, the birds have names on these cool necklaces, and we got awesome soaps. And Mum took one of them. This one here is Glacier Time, and it yeah, I, the it one that smells that's a- like. Ice, like it smells like icy time. It smells like time and ice. I don't know. It smells like it's. It, it smells like the yeah. Name. <laughs> it's definitely very fresh. Yeah. The the one that's upstairs is caramelized. Yeah. Chamomile. That's yeah. The other one. Car- caramelized chamomile. Yeah. And it's yeah, really amazing. The oils are really awesome too. Like it smells like a Canadian forest in here. Yes, absolutely. Um, the Canadian forest one is the one I went to first because I was just like, oh, I like that smell. So like, I, I don't like to mix my smells until one smell is done. 
So I haven't tried the mm. Orchard Fog yet, but it smells really good too. Uh, also, the birds. Robert the Canary is the one that you took. Okay. <laughs> and this blue one is Lois the Bluebird. Lois. 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 Lois and Rob. Robert and Lois. Yes. So go check out Rainwood at Rainwood1995 on Instagram. Give them a follow. Check out their website as well. In uh, the link is in their bio. Small business, man. You know you got to support. And also, thank you for hooking us up with this free stuff. It's lovely. Yeah, I would kind of describe the necklaces as like there's like sort of like a boho type thing. There is like a, um, it's very earthy. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Like it's very. It's stuff that I would, I mean, I'm a jewelry person, so I just like leave all my jewelry on anyways, but it's just like the stuff that I would like put on and keep on. And like my necklace is like a really good length. Like it's like a perfect length. They're like kind of shorter. They're like almost choker style, but not completely choker style or like not completely like choking your neck rather. Um, Yeah. And they're like just kind of boho and like kind of like, you know, when I would go to... Uh, like when I went to Indonesia and Thailand and stuff, like you get those like beaded bracelets and stuff like that. Like it kind of gives me those vibes, but like North American. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All right. So yeah, super yeah. earthy, super chill. And yeah, handmade, just like natural. A- yeah, and handmade AF. Yeah. Um. Also, the ingredients to create the essential oils comes from within... Uh, 30 kilometers of where she's creating these essential oils. Mm, yeah. So everything's local. Yeah. So yeah. there's that. Yeah. So, so like big shout out to Carrie. Thanks so much. I like love essential oils, mm-hmm. love burning essential oils in here. It's just like creates a vibe. Like, yeah, those ones are really, really fresh and like really, really good for the season too. I would say. Um, and like, yeah, Carrie's pretty cool. Like she, I remember, you know, I was thinking about the other day when I was, um, putting on my necklace, I guess, but uh, I was thinking about when I was like 17, she like read my cards. Do you oh, remember yes. that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She read my cards and I remember she told me some shit that was like, I was like, oh my God. And then like something ended up happening later. And I was like, <laughs> I, that's probably what she was talking about. Like, that's crazy. But it was really cool. Yeah. It was, it was super cool to get my cards read and Yeah. She's really good at that, reading cards. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, as far as like occult stuff, Carrie has a great respect towards this sort of stuff. The occult stuff, I suppose. Occultism? Occultism. Yeah. I know. I want to say like pagan, but I don't think that's right either. Uh, anyways, um, so there's a level of respect and reverence. Like she's not just some idiot who bought herself some tarot cards like a lot of people from Vancouver do and, you know, just started reading tarot cards after a week and now they know how to read tarot cards. Like (laughs) Carrie has spent a great deal of her life learning this shit and giving it the proper respect. The same way our mother gives the proper respect towards our religion. So when she reads cards... It's definitely like uh, something you should pay attention to if you ever have the opportunity to get your cards written, uh, read by her. Yeah. And it's like, there's, 
there's a depth to it. Like, it's not like it's like a phase for her, right? Like, it's not like, like she's not, it's not like her flavor this year. And then, oh, you it's know, her life. yeah, exactly. Like it's yeah. something that she's, she does and she's been doing and yeah. Yeah. Sim- similar to my friend Carl too. Right. Also same thing. Like they, uh, it's like their connection to their culture, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Definitely with the uh, Gaelic Celtic culture. Yeah, because their um, their like ancestry mm-hmm. is tied to this, right? Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's super cool. And like again, I think like it's very important to highlight the fact that like that is tied to their ancestry, and like in doing and in in practicing occultism and and sharing that culture with others the way they have with you, because like you've mentioned it a few times, mm-hmm. um, you know, that, you know, you like, they shared the, their culture with you. Yeah. There's like fortunate this, enough to participate. Yeah. Like there's this, there's this level of ancestral preservation that I totally identify with because yeah. like, I, yeah, I just think it's really fucking cool. And they're like, and it's not like the bullshit, like, like, you know, like people want to, label it all as like bullshit or witchcraft or bullshit, you know? Mm -hmm. And like, it's not, it's not that it's not bullshit. It's not like some bullshit that you're going to like turn on the TV and like, that's the representation of it. Right. Like the stuff that we see on TV is not an accurate representation of what the entire culture is. TV and Hollywood and everything just blows it all out of proportion and like just bastardizes it and like makes it bullshit. Um, but this is not 100%. like that. This is not like that. Yeah. It makes a mockery of it a little bit. Yeah. That's a good word. It makes a mockery of it. Mm-hmm. And that is not fair. Yeah. Yeah. And in terms of just to cap this whole thing off, like just in terms of like natural order of things, I would say that occultism is pretty like, you know, natural order of things. You know what I mean? Mm. Seems more natural, not so forced. Like, well, it is like, I mean, actually, no, I shouldn't speak to it because I don't fucking know. But like <laughs> my impression of it, my limited, my limited knowledge of it gives me the impression that it is very similar to like more spiritual mm-hmm. and like, you know, one with yourself, one with the elements, one with the earth. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm way into that. Yeah. So, so go check out our Instagram at Reenwood1995. Go check out our Shopify. Pretty sure the link is in the bio, but definitely give her a follow. Yeah, yeah. We'll we'll link to her yeah. as well. So um, what's going on in uh in the good old America? <laughs> so, you know, last week we had the conversation that we did. And this week we'll have like we're not gonna have a full on talk about this just because there's limited information and it's going to evolve and we'll see what happens. But pretty much I've realized that America is the country where persons with uteruses cannot legally get reproductive health care, where in the vast majority of its states, trans people cannot legally exist in certain spaces, but it is where a child can receive a gun as a gift and learn how to operate it. And that's America. Yeah. I get what you're saying here. You know, you're giving somebody, and I mean, 
everything is case by case, right? And this kid clearly uh, was right fucked in the head, and right parents in the head. were right fucked in the head too. Uh, just from what you showed me right before all of this, uh, it seems like the parents were just out to fucking lunch. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's totally like super fucked negligent. Up. Yeah, negligent. That was the fucking word. Uh, it, it just seems so fucked up. Like, yeah, okay, like you can give somebody the tools to take away life for the like to like a gun is to murder somebody unless you're actually going to use it for fucking target practice, whatever, or, you know, whatever recreational pur purposes. And I'm a pro gun person, so don't get me fucking wrong yeah, on yeah. this. Okay? Love <laughs> I love fucking guns. Fucking all right? love guns. So uh, <laughs> what I'm trying to say is I think it's really fucked up that a dude who's a jackass like Kyle fucking Rittenhouse can get a gun and use it and fucking just be totally acquitted of whatever, not guilty of his crimes. And this jackass can get a gun and be encouraged by his parents. I, I'll let you say the stuff that they said about the Instagram posts and whatever. Yeah. But it's, it's kind of messed up that when it comes to things like gun people, control, well, no, I just mean when it comes to things like people, um, making choices about their own bodies. They're not a fucking allowed to do that. Right. right. You know what I mean? That is so fucking stupid. Like, what are you doing policing other fucking people's bodies when... You're giving guns to children. Yeah, I mean, how this kid got a gun, how he got it, how he received it, and then how he handled it afterwards. It was just like, this is the broken system. It's just like you, you guys knew. Yeah. You guys knew that this kid had problems? Yeah. And you well, gave him a gun anyways. Yeah. And it, it sounds like, I don't know, I feel like a lot of parents are, you know, always first, the first ones to believe that their child is an angel. But yeah, like for those of you who don't know and for our listeners overseas, uh, because you probably don't keep up with our local news. Ethan Crumbly is a teenager in Michigan who has been arrested on suspicion of shooting and murdering four of his schoolmates and injuring seven others. That's the charge. He definitely did it. Um, and he's going to be tried as an adult. There's a lot of controversy over the fact that a lot of the media publication about this is including these like childish photos of him and childish meaning like, yeah, he's like literally like eight years old or something in these photos. Like he's just really, really young. And it's kind of like depict him, depicting him as like innocent and, mm. you know, just this child. Oh my God. Right. But like, yeah, he's not that young in the photos in real life. Um, and there were some warning signs, right? Like there was him drawing photo, drawing pictures at school and writing things down, um, you know, suicidal ideation, you know, things like blood, blood everywhere. And, you know, the world is dead and I'm useless. And all of these things were brought to the attention of his parents by the school because teachers saw, teachers saw him doing what he was doing and it raised some flags, rightfully so. And the parents were like, okay, cool. And like refused to take him out of school. So they didn't remove him. There was nothing that I guess the school could do. And so he was allowed to come back. He was seen uh, apparently looking up ammunition, the word ammunition on his phone that day. 
um, and there was some more attempts to try to contact mom who didn't respond, but then texted her son saying, uh, I'm not mad at you. You just have to learn to not get caught, LOL, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then he went and shot some kids. Later that day. Yeah. Or moments after, who knows? So there were signs, there were some concerns raised. And here's the thing is that like America is also the place where a white kid can display suicidal ideation, have have parents who know that he has access to a weapon um, and, you know, be around school teachers who are raising flags and, you know, that kid can still be allowed to go to school, but like a Muslim student can't make a science project without it being, you know, suspicion of a bomb. Yeah. Stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So, uh, (laughs) just to put it in context there. Oh man. Right. Like it's just a really ass backwards place as you said. And so like, what the fuck are we? (laughs) What is it that white people always used to say? About the that clothing brand, Bias for us. It's like the whole fucking country of America, and your guys for us, bias or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Right. bunch of assholes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, for us, bias your goddamn law system and your whole fucking Republican mm. way of thinking. Ugh. I'm so glad I'm not allowed out there. I mean, I'm so glad that I can choose to just not go, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that too. Um, But like, yeah, like it's just very ass backwards, isn't it? And so I just, you know, I don't, I don't even know, like, you know, then his parents are, you know, suspectively went on the run. They've, they've been arrested and they're on a really big bond, $500,000 each for both for, uh, Mr. Uh, James and Mrs. Jennifer <laughs> Crumbly there. Um, and so they've been charged with four counts of involuntary manslaughter for, you know, the death of those schoolmates because they allegedly, you know, provided the weapon. It wasn't locked. Um, they insist that it was. Their their lawyer is insisting that it was locked and that uh, Ethan, their son, didn't ha- just have access to it. But then how, like... I don't know. I guess teenagers are crafty. Who knows? Maybe he figured out where the key was. Who knows? Whatever the fuck. But like, ultimately, is it still not their responsibility? Like The gun? Who is the gun registered to? Probably well, the parents. Well, yeah, parents, of course, because it has to be registered to an adult, I'm sure. Actually, I, I, don't, should, I, I don't know. No, there, no there's no registration. <laughs> There's no mandatory registration. Uh, what? I no. don't know about that. No, yeah, no. You just they, you where just like in sh- Detroit, Mich- in-, in Michigan. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. You just go to a store and buy it. In the, just that state, because it's not like that everywhere in this in America. Okay, well, it, I don't. It definitely isn't like that. That's okay. Well, very I don't alarming know. if it's like that. 
I don't, I don't know. So I'll just <laughs> I, I would, I I'd be wanna, very like, surprised if it was like that. I know if you go to a gun show and just buy a gun, you know, it's, it's like that. But to go to a gun store, you know, you have to actually... I don't know. Okay, so anyway, regar- so regardless. regardless of any of that, yeah, yeah, like parents are gun. parents are adults, and he, they're liable for him they, getting that they, gun. And they have a kid, and like you're responsible for your kid, and you're responsible for their safety. Uh, you're responsible for. You're essentially responsible for their actions uh, before they're legally an adult, and so you know, like whether he it was locked or not. Like he gained access and he, and people died. So, and, and, and it wasn't just like a surprise. It was like, it was like constant flags and constantly bringing it up. And the school trying to contact parents that day. Right. So Mm -hmm. like that's some pretty blatant neglect to me, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, and like, like what would it have been like if it was like not a white kid who was ideating suicide and, Mm. you know, raise, raise those same flags for those teachers. Let's take one of my stories out there. I don't know if you know this or not, but back when I was about 15 or 16, um, I was hanging out with, uh, I don't want to say his name, but he's a real fucking idiot. I don't know where he is now. He's probably dead, but dad and mom did not like him. And rightfully so the guy was, the guy was through and through a criminal. Anyways, um, I was having problems with, uh, bullies at that time in high school. Right. And, uh, I was one, uh, I was basically like a target. Like I couldn't fucking go anywhere without getting beat up. So like, um, I was also in metal shop class at that time. So there was this whole like notion that everybody was just like, Ash is a pressure cooker waiting to go off. It was always said, I'm surprised you never brought a gun to school and blew everybody away. Everybody Mm -hmm. always used to fucking say that to me in high school, out of high school and still to this day. Right. So anyways, I was in metal shop class. We were working on something in metal shop class and I took something from home. And here's the fucked up part. I brought this piece of metal from home that I was going to take to, uh, we were working on, I don't fucking even remember me and Dylan were working on the forge and we were like heating things up and hammering the shit out of them and making them into mm-hmm. art. Right. So like we were doing that and I had this like metal rod that I found and I was like, Oh, this is perfect. I can fucking weld this to the end of something and like heat it up and hammer it, you know, whatever. Right. Anyway, so I took it with me to school and I don't know how, but I guess somebody had seen me put it in my locker and um, I got pulled out of class. And uh, all of a sudden I'm getting told to go to my locker by Mr. Threlfall, who, by the way, God rest his soul. He tried to do the best for me, but the dude was the most terrible principal I've ever come across in my life. He made every situation with me 10 times worse than I needed to be. Anyways, I'm being told to open my locker and all of a sudden, 
um, he's going through my locker and he pulls out this metal rod and I'm just like, he's like, what is this for? And I tell him what it's for and he's like calling me a liar and telling me I'm bullshitting. And he's grabbing me by the scruff of my neck and taking me to his office. And then he's like, some parents saw you taking this to school today. I'm like, what the fuck? Anyways. That's super weird. Yeah, I'm pretty, like, I don't know who saw me or whatever. But the whole point of this was I had no malicious intent, right? But because somebody, because I was at where where I was at in school uh, with, you know, being bullied and this and that, et cetera, Mm -hmm. people knew that... People knew what was going on with me. Mm -hmm. Somebody saw me with this fucking metal rod. They thought something. They told the principal. And now all of a sudden I'm being criminalized. Yeah. Because, and I'm telling him the truth and he doesn't fucking believe me. And I'm just like, dude, what do you want me to fucking say? So to put it, to put it into perspective. Yeah. Like even if it was a pointy wooden stick and you're a colored person and you're in high school, like. I was telling the truth and they fucking kicked me out of school for the day. They called dad, they fucking made this big thing about it. And I was just like, I, yeah. And I was like, I don't know what you, like, where did you find it? I was just like, dude, I found it in the fucking shed. Like, yeah, I, I'm like, what do you, what do you want? like, what do you want? You guys know I'm in a metal class. Like, what do you want me to do here? Like, and like, it was just this big whole thing. And it didn't need to be, but it all yeah. stemmed from Ash is the only dark-skinned kid here. Ash looks like a gangster because he's wearing that big puffy white jacket he always wears, right? Ash has got problems with all these kids. All these lacrosse players aren't going to do anything because they're too fucking good and white and straight A to do anything about, you know. Mm-hmm. But this kid, you know, he might do something. And we saw him with a metal bar, so he's probably going to do something. We might check his locker and like, it was just dumb. The way, uh, yeah. I just remember coming off of that and being like, wow, so this is how it is, right? Anyways, if dude was black, Ethan Crumbly, sorry, if, if Ethan Crumbly was black, Ethan Crumbly probably would have been taken away from his parents the moment the teachers saw like child yeah. protective services would have been in there, you know? They would have taken uh, the kids away. The parents probably would have, the cops probably would have mysteriously found crack in their house. You know what I'm saying? Like, if Ethan Crumbly were black, this would have gone sideways, like way more sideways. Well, I think it (laughs) went pretty fucking sideways because he he killed some people. Sideways the other way. Exactly. Yeah. And like, I, right? Like, isn't that what happens? Like, like what you just described is what happens. Yeah. I would never have done what he did. And everybody thought that I was going to do that. And this kid fucking drew a picture with a bullet on it that said blood everywhere and nothing fucking happened. I just, just, just a little food for thought. I just don't yeah. understand it. You like know what I mean? Like posted a photo, yeah. right? Saying I like, just, just got my new baby. I just six hour, don't nine get mil. it. Feeling cute, might delete later. <laughs> <laughs> Feeling cute, might, yeah. I mean, it's just so backwards. I don't get it. But yeah, I mean, Ethan Crumbly. Where is he? Did he off him? Did he? No, he's, he, so he, they're all in the same jail. All three of them are in the same jail right oh, now. Oh, so he didn't even have Vaughan. the decency to blow his own head off after. Wow. Wow. 
Wow, Ethan Crumbly, oh, you well, piece I mean, of maybe, shit. Maybe he didn't get a chance. Maybe he maybe he got tackled or wow, something. I don't know. Yeah. So that to me says that he wasn't suicidal. He just fucking wanted to kill a bunch of people. Probably, I don't know. I hate you now, Ethan. Yeah, I mean, we we do tend to see that a lot. Absolutely. We tend to see that a lot that, you know, the shooter offs themselves. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, that's a that is a good point. Right. Who knows? Who knows? Maybe he just really wanted to use his gun or whatever. Probably. But I mean, wanted to take his new Christmas present for a test drive. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So nice Christmas present, too. Actually, I got to say a six hours. My personally. I love six hour three eighties mint fucking mint. So good. What's your favorite gun? I'll just take like a whole like (laughs) shotgun with slugs is like kind of my jam. (laughs) Like, and that's my jam. And like all day I will just keep reloading, reloading. You should go to the shooting range soon. Like all fucking day. It's like the best feeling. It's pretty incredible. It is. And like, we should not be, this is like so distasteful, but like I love fucking shooting well, a gun. There, y'all. There's responsible <laughs> gun ownership, and then yeah. there's just this. Yeah, which is, like I can like shooting guns without needing to have one like all the time. So that's all we'll say about that. But like, like always, guys, we just encourage you guys to read and critically think. Yeah, <laughs> just critically think because. Yeah. I think that a lot of people find it annoying that, you know, when when I hear a story like this, my mind immediately does go to, you know, the fact that whiteness does play a part in all of these. It can't not. Well, right? like we just don't exist in a world where it can't. Well, this poor, sweet eight year old boy and all those pictures just shot four kids. I mean, yeah. you know, how could yeah. you not? So, Pull out your wallet and just start calling World Vision over there. <laughs> Fuck, man. Like, th- like this is this is what we describe as privilege, guys. And like, I just, you know, I, it's it's very like I understand that, you know, when when we start talking about privilege and we say that word, people want to get upset because they grew up poor too. They had a rough life too, and that's fair. No one is saying you didn't. What it means is that your skin color was just not something that was a challenge for you. That's what that means. That is all that means. That's all that that means, but it makes a very big impact. So it's it's hurtful when people say stuff like, hey, but I had a rough life too. My family was for, poor too. My dad sucked too. You know, my like, no one was present in my mm-hmm. life. Whatever, like, no one's saying you didn't. No one is saying that because you're white, your your life was just perfect, and like fucking seventh heaven. Like, no one's saying that. I know that's not true. <laughs> what it means is that your skin color was just not a barrier for you. Mm-hmm. That's it. When things like this happen, when you know Ethan Crumbly's come out. That's the kind of stuff that people of color think about is like, you know, how would this have gone? How would this have been handled? How has it been handled in the past? What have we seen when kids of color, teenagers of color do do the same thing, act in the same way? How are they treated? That's all. Yeah, it's a good note to leave it at. Today, we are talking about Fiji 
and not just the country of where it is. What is it? And what is it made out of and shit? <laughs> what is it made out of and shit? Um, yeah, you know what? It's funny because I feel like we just kind of like launched into a podcast about like us and Fiji, but just kind of didn't like we just breezed over like he, like here's where this is. And like, I don't know, maybe that we don't need to do that, but I can hear all of the responses in my head from like high school, you know, teenagerhood mm. growing up of everyone being like, where's that? Close to Africa, right? Close to <laughs> like, India, nah, right? That's in nah, India, right? Right. So, you know, like, it's cool. Like folks look to us for some direction now for some education and like, I'm cool with that. So we thought that we would do an episode just describing the geography of Fiji, you know, super high level, nothing crazy because we're not scientists over here. We're not geniuses. We got Google and that's it. <laughs> but um, what are you talking about? We are scientists. <laughs> You're wearing a lab coat right now. So if you have never heard of it before or been there before, or maybe you know some stuff and, you know, hopefully will help broaden your minds a bit today. Fiji is located in the South Pacific, which is crazy because like, it's funny how we call ourselves like Pacific Islanders, but like, do people from Vancouver Island call themselves Pacific Islanders? Pacific Northwest. Because like, is you can yeah, but this region is called right, yeah, the it, PNW, right? Exactly. Well, it's it's totally different, and that's fair, but it's just funny when, like, because, and I only say this because this has happened to me where I've been, like, I'm a Pacific Islander, and people have been, like, so, like, Gulf Islands? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, like, what? But then I'm, like, oh, fair. You don't know anything, so, <laughs> and we're in Canada. So, okay, fine, right? Yeah, I guess they don't know the Pacific Ocean is a whole, <laughs> is it the biggest ocean? I think that in the past when I have told people, yes, yes, it is. Um, I believe. Like the widest for sure. But in the past when I have told people that I am a Pacific Islander, I'm pretty sure they have thought that I am indigenous. Oh, like, I see. Like if they don't know. Right. Yeah. Then they probably they probably thought that I'm like Canadian indigenous. Right. Right. Like they've probably been very confused. Yeah. Yeah. I could see that. So it's just like it's, you know, Fijian identity is really complicated, y'all. And we're going to keep talking about it forever. But <laughs> Fiji is located in the South Pacific in the archipelago called Melanesia. Melanesia like melanin. So Melanesia also includes West Papua. Uh, islands in southeastern Indonesia because Indonesia actually is like it's crazy how big it stretches and it's just a bunch of tiny islands uh, and then New Guinea and the Solomon Islands. Melanesia is huge okay so it is 1,289,814 square kilometers of which only two percent is dry land. So for some context Canada is 9,985,000 square kilometers. So obviously like a ton bigger, but like just this archipelago of islands is like over a million square K. Mm. It's nuts. Oh yeah. And only 2% is dry land. Mm -hmm. Nuts. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Fiji is 4,635 kilometers away from Australia. So, you know, everyone knows where that is. <laughs> 
and 2,563 kilometers from New Zealand. Again, generally everyone knows where both of those two places are. So here we go for some more context, right? Here's some more context, more numbers, because we know you love it. So the distance between British Columbia, where we are right now, and Fiji is 9,468 kilometers, right? Either corners of the Pacific Ocean. Okay, here we go. The distance between India and Fiji, for those of you who think that Fiji is right next to India, the distance between India and Fiji is 11,597K. Okay, so more than the distance between BC and Fiji. And then the distance between Africa and Fiji is 14,217K. And I threw that one in there because that's like always the next one. It's like, oh, like Fiji's close to India, right? No, it's close to Africa, right? <laughs> Neither. It's, it's not close to either. It is closer to where we are right now, which is hilarious to me. Wow, crazy. So there is another archipelago of islands called Micronesia. And Micronesia is above Melanesia. And it consists of places like Palau, Guam, the Marshall Islands. And then further over to the east is Polynesia, which is a, a larger archipelago than Micronesia and Melanesia. And this has, you know, American Samoa, Cook Islands, Easter Island, Hawaii, New Zealand. So the larger, I guess the more commonly known islands, I would say like the more commonly known like Polynesian places. Yeah, yeah. I, I always hear the Cook Islands a lot. When yeah. I say that I'm from Fiji, they're just like, oh, you mean the Cook Islands? And I'm like, no. And it's always British people who said that to me too. And I'm James like, no, Cook, yeah. no, no, I'm not. Yeah. No, I don't. Good old I Jimmy. <laughs> Good old Jimmy. I'm like, no, I don't. Jimmy Cook. I don't fucking mean the Cook Islands. <laughs> But I know you think. Yeah. 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 Well. So it's like, so it's like Micronesia is above and then Melanesia is below that. And then Polynesia is to the east of both of those. And like, if everyone knows where Hawaii is, right, like it's sort of in the middle um, and then goes, you know, all the way down to where New Zealand is. And then in between Hawaii and New Zealand are all of these like little, like the, the smaller islands, like. The entire Oceania. Yes. Yeah. 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 Like. Cook Island, Samoa. Um, Easter Island is actually like way further down. So yeah. Um, and the 180 degree meridian line actually runs through Fiji's third largest island, which is called Thabiuni. The international date line is actually curved to make sure that all of Fiji has one time zone. It's actually really funny when you look at it because it's like straight line, straight line, straight line. And then it's like, er, er, er. Yeah. Just to include it. It's all weird diagonals yeah. and zigzags. Yeah. So Micronesia and Melanesia are in one time zone. And then Polynesia, which is east of it, sits in its own time zone. The islands of Fiji are super, super mountainous and covered with like thick, thick tropical forests. So like if you've ever been to like Mexico or even places in Asia, like similar to that, like just the biggest fucking like Jurassic Park leaves you've ever seen, mm -hmm. uh, super green. Um, you know, like it doesn't look like, you know how it looks here in the fall, winter, um, and it gets bare and sparse 
yeah. and like like fall, I guess. <laughs> like it's, you know, the complete opposite of that all of the time. The majority of Fiji's islands were formed through volcanic activity starting around 150 million years ago. And the island of Rotuma is actually about like 400K north of the main islands. And it is still a Fijian body. Like it's, you know, governed by Fiji. Um, but it's like a super small island that is actually like a volcanic shield. Um, and it's like just fucking volcanic, like volcanic ash, like um, the basaltic rocks. And uh, it's like, there's like 1500 people. It has a population of like 1500. And uh, Rotumans are actually the most unique mix of like tribal culture within the area because they blend together Melanesian, Micronesian, and Polynesian ancestry. It's very unique. Uh, and we can't really talk about Fijian things without really talking about them either because a large part of our culture is actually derived from Rotuman tribal culture. Mm. So there's about eight volcanoes in varying sizes from like 800 to 4,000 feet. And they're not, there's a couple that are absolutely active, but there's like, they're, they're not active in the sense of there's no way of really determining exactly when they could go off. But uh, the last time a volcano went off was like over 10,000 years ago. So I feel like they could be good. Probably, maybe. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> yeah. Um, basaltic rocks have been dated at about 1 million years. So yeah, these islands were formed like a real long time ago, y'all. A real long time ago. A real, ago. real long time ago. I wonder what secrets are underneath right? all that vegetation. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So there are two main islands uh, that make up Fiji, and they are Viti Levu and Vanua. Van Vanua Levu. Vanua Levu. And these tribal names are hard to pronounce sometimes. They look easy, but they're hard. And well, they're about I, I feel like they're like kind it's kind of like Greek because it's like it's literally just you just say how it's spelled. Yeah. Right? So But you have to be able to like when you I say Vanuau, you gotta that Vanua, wow yeah. part, you gotta well, roll like, your tongue real of, yeah, quick like, in a certain way to say it right. Vanuau. Well, it's just like <laughs> Vanua. Vanua Levu. No, you gotta say it good. Say it a million times. We'll start a contest. Somebody <laughs> fucking uh, yeah. Instagram story that shit. If yeah, Best like one. next time you see us, if you can say Viti Levu or Vanua Levu really good, we'll give you something. Yeah, maybe we'll, we'll see. We'll hook you up with something. Maybe you can come hang you, you out can, with you us. You can get the satisfaction of knowing that you're a good ally. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, so there's two main islands and then there are about 330 smaller ones, 104 of which are uninhabited. Fiji's capital city is Suva. That's where my dad's from. Yeah. Where three quarters of the country's population uh, and that uh, live and the population of Fiji is 926,276. So just under a million. Mm -hmm. The international airport is located in Nandi, which is like the other main city. So I don't know. Yeah, I guess. so like Suva's capital city and then like Nandi because the the airport's there, right? Like it's like, it's just by default. It's kind of like Vancouver is Vancouver and then Richmond's Richmond simply because yeah. YVR is yeah, there, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So yeah, like, that's basically it's like a big deal because the airport's there. Yeah, 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 yeah. So 
Ricky Ricky's population, which is where our mom's from, uh, that population is just six and a half thousand. Yeah. Fun fact, prominent landmarks include Navatu Rock in Vitabu Village, believed to be one of Fiji's oldest human settlements. Pottery excavated around the base of the rock has been dated to be around a thousand BC. Which we have no idea what the fuck that means. Like, what is 1000 BC? Yeah. Like, we don't know, but that also seems like it was a really, really long time ago. There's pottery excavated. So, like, the, Sarah, pottery, the pottery knows all the secrets, yeah. okay? <laughs> the pottery Sarah, knows. Sarah, if you're listening to right now, message us and help us figure out this timeline business because we don't know what the fuck this means. <laughs> so, Fiji contains two ecoregions, all right? So, that means ecosystems, before you guys start talking about economy, it's not that. <laughs> there's no money in Fiji, all right? There's some. There's, <laughs> Fiji, there's trop- some. <laughs> Fiji tropical moist rainforest and then Fiji tropical dry forest. Yeah. So, you know, just wet and dry forest. Um, it had a it, in, it had a 2018 forest landscape integrity index mean score of 8.35 out of 10 ranking it 24th globally out of 172 countries. So that's pretty goddamn good. That means that that country is not tearing up their land to build fucking condos all over it. Hint, hint, (laughs) Vancouver. So the Forest Landscape Integrity Index, or as we call it, the fly. Fly. (laughs) Fly is an annual global index of forest condition measured by a degree of anthropogenic modification. Yeah. So So like, yeah, like what I said, they're not just constantly fucking with their shit. Yeah. So 24, really good. Like I said, 72, like not bad, not bad. So small, right? Also Canada is not doing too bad there either, but we can't live on a lot of our stuff. Who wants to live well, in ice? Yeah, all the like time. Canada's doing really good, but it's like because most of it is just fucking ice and stuff. Yeah, and it's like ice and wind and snow. And yeah. Fuck like, that. Big no thanks for me. No, hard no way. Eh? The climate in Fiji is tropical AF, and we're talking tropical, marine, and warm year round with minimal extremes. Yeah, like, like. There's no, ex- there's no extremes. Like it doesn't like, it's not like here where it's like fucking hot and then fucking cold. It's just hot. Yeah. It's just hot. And then it's some rain. Yeah. A lot of rain. It's a lot of rain. Yeah. I yeah. mean like their, their minimum is our, I mean, their levels are different. So just, you know, the rain is really rainy. Um, yeah. And actually, I don't know. I mean, it could be similar so, to the rain that we just experienced here. A so lot warmer it, though. So it is. So it's like that, but it's not two fucking days straight, okay? <laughs> it's not two fucking days straight. It it comes and then it goes. Right. So, yes, it is. And it's, like, more than that. Like, you're soaked. But it's, like, yeah, it's warm and it's coming. It's really it's really interesting. Sure, um, you could just get out there with some body wash and have a shower. Seriously, yeah, no, shit. rain bath is a thing. Rain bath is absolutely oh, a thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. There you go. Just like You've around. been there more recently than I have, so you would know about what's happening there. Unfortunately, more recently, due to climate change, there are some drastic changes, Um, not drastic, I guess, like more extreme changes, like increased cyclones and stuff like that. I mean, Mm. Fiji has never been immune to extreme weather, but there have been changes in the last couple of decades for sure. Right, right, right. So the warm season from November to April, the cooler seasons last from May to October, 
temperatures in the cool season. Not bad sitting at 22 degrees Celsius. Yeah, that's not a bad average. Yeah, that's not bad. So, you know, I mean, I don't know what the humidity is like. I'm sure that's just terrible. Oh my God. Oh my God. And like my sister said, rainfall is variable with the warm season experiences, heavier rainfall, especially inland. Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So climate change in Fiji and as a country that is in the South Pacific, they are mm. probably feeling climate change a little bit more extremely than we are. It's a pressing issue for the country. Fiji is vulnerable to rising sea levels, coastal erosion, and extreme weather. These changes, along with temperature rise, will displace Fijian communities and prove disruptive to national economy and tourism, which is a big fucking yeah, moneymaker. Yeah, that's there. That's in that's Fiji. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. And and I tell you, we saw some videos recently of the airports opening back up and the first tourists coming back into Fiji. And uh, oh yeah, I mean, they kind of really need that injection yeah thank of you money right so tourism thank you Aussies yeah. <laughs> tourism agriculture and fisheries the largest contributors to the population will be severely impacted by climate change fisheries especially yeah of course we're already feeling that here and across the world right so uh we're talking about um increases in poverty and food insecurity. Yeah, which is already like a really big issue. Like I know in the last couple months, like just with with COVID, like Fiji was good with COVID. And then someone traveled to Australia and came back. It was either Australia or Fiji came back and they were sick. And then, you know, they weren't keeping up with the, the rules and stuff. And unfortunately, a lot of people ended up getting sick. And so with the with the new restrictions and loss of work and things like that, there was, yeah, a lot of food insecurity, a lot more people living in poverty. And dad told us that there was a family who survived for over a week just off coconuts. Wow. And like, that's like one documented instance of that. Like this whole time, I'm sure. Like there's been so many families and people living way below the poverty line because the minimum wage there is like two dollars and 70 something mm-hmm. like it's it's low it's little gas the gas there is more expensive than that and wow. yeah and like yeah just just coconuts the wow. whole week i hate coconuts <sighs> would not last i, I would not last. I, I love them fortunately <laughs> In, I like coconut in, water. In all of their forms, in all of its forms, I love coconut really? for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're a trooper. I can. I like the coconut milk when mom makes the coconut like milk curry. Cooks with it, yeah. yeah. And I like coconut water, but eating the coconut flash. I think gross. it's different because it's here. I think might you might feel differently over there. Like I've had it in Asia and it's like, I know what you mean. Is it's the texture? It's just kind of weird maybe. I just, yeah, I just don't the like the taste of it either. And like, I guess so. But like when, when I drink it, coconut water, I just slam the whole thing in one go. It, be, yeah. well, I mean like, you know, some, I, I get, I get the special one and it tastes really good. Because it doesn't have sugar in it and shit. And yeah, like I can course, just slam that shit and it feels refreshing. But like, I don't want it to hit my tongue. So I just fuck my nose and oh, go. Okay. So the taste is. <laughs> I don't yeah, like the tongue yeah, I, or fair. I don't like the taste. And yeah. coconut water, like I can, you know, just manage that stuff being in my mouth. 
you know, like I don't like to, I, I like, I drink coconut water for the benefits. Right. And I, you cannot fucking argue with that shit, man. I'll tell you, I yeah, felt of like course. absolute yeah, fucking natural crap. electrolytes. It's incredible. Yeah. yeah. I felt like Hangovers. absolute crap welding in the fucking middle of summer and I've slammed a coconut water in like, I felt like a thousand million bucks after. Yeah. So like for real Gatorade bros. For real Gatorade. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I fucking remember like a zillion years ago when I went to Bikram's yoga. Ugh. <laughs> Bikram's yoga, the one, the one time, actually two times technically, I guess, because I went back the next day. But the first time I ever went, I passed right 30 minutes in, just done. The world closed in around me. Oh, jeez. Yeah, like just fell splat on the ground. I woke up teacher had a she'd ran out and grabbed coconut water she was like holding me like a baby and like giving me coconut water and and that's what she used to and then i was good yeah i was good every, I everything's there i didn't do anything i just lay there for the rest of the class she was like i encourage you to just stay and i was like all right and she's like just lie down just stay lying down so i like and it was like a really long i feel like it was like a 90 minute class and i passed out 30 minutes in so i was just lying there for an hour huh Nice. Yeah. You know, you know, hot yoga. Yeah. It was pretty gnarly. So, but you know what? Yeah. The coconut water saved me. The coconut water. It's for real. It's for real. But yeah, it's for real. It works. It does. Yeah. Like it it provides sustenance. Right. And that's like, they're, they're plentiful there. Yeah. They're everywhere. Yeah. So Fiji is super cool and it's part of both the Kyoto Protocol and the Paris Climate Agreement. Yeah, and I'm not so 100% sure, but I'll take any jab at JT. I'm pretty sure Fiji is more involved in climate change than fucking JT is. Little punk. What up? Anyways, Fiji hopes to achieve the net zero emissions by 2050. Fuck, JT wants us all in electric cars by then. Mm-hmm. A little punk. Along with national policies that will help mitigate the impacts of climate change. And like, just to be clear, Fiji is a place that's like, we all watch the Planet Earth documentaries and we could all see what the effects of climate change are. Mm-hmm. And we can all see what kind of place that Fiji is in. And I just want to reiterate that Fiji is a place where climate change is very, very impactful. Okay. So like, and places like Hawaii, like these South Pacific islands are feeling it. Definitely yeah. feeling it. Yeah. Like they're like the least responsible for it. And yes. one of the most Released, suffering and yes. experiencing. A hundred percent. And the people yeah. that live in these countries are, you know, like you said, below the poverty line, yeah. actually something that I, uh, learned, um, previous a few weeks previous is that 20 percent of fiji's population is actually illegally squatting on government land and they're having as of 2018 and uh the government is they have programs to help people get out of situations like that like they're undocumented yeah yeah and more into more legitimate housing so you know fiji trying to deal with the stuff that us North American types have created. 
Sorry about yeah, that. Yeah, <laughs> and like we have like a like fortune we um <laughs> you know fortunately there is a prime minister who is speaking on on these topics that are so relevant and impactful to to his country honestly um but uh, Frank Banimarama was actually the president for COP23 um he actually spoke at COP26 this year right after JT so JT spoke went off the stage and then Frank rolled up there. Probably went to Tofino, little punk. So at COP26, Prime Minister Bani Marama had some strong words for the folks who were there and not there. He said that the leaders who cannot summon the courage to unveil net zero commitments should not bother booking a flight to Glasgow, which is where the conference took place. We do not tolerate war on our member states, so how can we tolerate war wage against the planet on the life it sustains and on future generations? Yeah, he said that, you know, instead of booking a flight to Glasgow, they should face the consequences that match the severity of what they are unleashing on our planet, which are some strong words. And like, I appreciate that. I appreciate the candor. Yeah. Like just being straight up, just being real. Yeah, definitely showing up. Because it matters a lot. Yeah, of course. And so I'm going to link to his full speech at this year's COP and then also COP23 because I read that one. It was very well done. And this also just kind of makes me happy that like, you know, initiatives like this and this these, this way of thinking is happening in a place like Fiji. Because I think that like our representation of Fiji and maybe our impression of it growing up was just that it was so regressed still. Right. And just not making shit happen. I mean, you know, for goodness sake, there have been so many coups in the past so many years. Right. And so it's like, you know, you kind of think about like we kind of do look at this place as like almost like a third world style country and like not forward thinking. But I think a lot of people see it as a place with instability. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And so it's great to see. Um, voices like this coming out and speaking up and this kind of advocacy because uh, I mean you know if not this then then what really right like this is something that is so relevant to them it's so important to them and again like it's they really do need to be straight up because they're not the ones doing it but they're the ones paying for it Mm -hmm. and unfortunately they will pay a very heavy price Yeah, Um, the representatives that went this year also noted that, you know, the the sea levels there are rising and and islands are disappearing. Islands are disappearing. Yes. Like, Mm -hmm. then what? Then there's nothing. Yeah. Right? I mean, like, we're going to need another volcano to erupt to make another pile of dirt over here. (laughs) Right. Like it's just, it's, it's crazy to me. We were just talking about this earlier about how, like how much water there has to be dumped into the entire ocean all over the world for it to rise like one centimeter. Like think about that amount of water. That's so much water. Yeah. But it's, it's been a lot more than that. So much more than that, you know, for, for pieces of land to literally be submerged and disappeared. It's pretty remarkable. Yeah, guys. So that's it for Fiji. You know where it is. Now you know what's going on with that place in a nutshell. 
Yeah. So stay learning and stay woke, y'all. I mean, we're not so different, right? Like we're all talking about climate change. Climate change has just affected us recently and we've gotten our first, I don't know, physical representation of our inaction. Yeah. Right. And so like, we're not so different. There's so many of us out there, you know, fighting the same fight just in our own way. All right. Thanks so much for listening today, guys. We are No Ties 1879. We're available on all the platforms, um, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud. So remember to go rate and review us, please, please, please on Apple Podcasts. Um, If you connected with our words today, please share this episode with your friends and family who are learning and growing with you. If you want us to send us some questions and feedback or some episode suggestions or anything, just reach out. Tell us how great we're doing. You can email us at noties1879 at gmail.com. As always, a very special thank you to Matt Truitt, our amazing and talented producer. Please go follow him on Instagram and on Spotify. We'll provide the links. Please go follow us on Instagram at noties1879podcast. I'm at Angeline KP. And I'm at Ash Neil Prakash. We'll talk to y'all later. Have a good one, guys. Bula. Look after each other.